This episode of Women on the Rise is sponsored by The Riveter, a work and collaborative space built for changemakers. Stay tuned to the end for more information about how you can join The Riveter's movement for women and allies to succeed. I think you can do everything that you make time for as long as you don't try to do anything perfectly. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm your host, Lara Dolch, and each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover a new insight or practical strategy that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul without turning your life upside down. Today, I'm talking to Amy Nelson, co-founder and CEO of The Riveter. The Riveter creates inspired communities and workspaces designed to empower women in work and wellness. Amy is also a former Wall Street corporate litigator, political fundraiser, and mama to two, soon to be three, girls. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to to talk to you, especially given uh, the sort of mission of your business. And, you know, actually, let's just start with that. If you could kind of explain to everyone what The Riveter is all about and why why you created it. Yeah. So The Riveter, um, we are spaces built for women, work, and wellness. My co-founder, Kim Paltola, and I came up with the idea to create these spaces in the summer of 2016. We were both newer mothers, um, and we were both trying to juggle a million different pieces of our lives while also starting businesses. And we realized that we couldn't find a space where we felt like we could connect with other women who were experiencing the same season of their life and where we could find time to grow our skills to start businesses and where we could find time to make real connections, find mentors, and also find time to focus on wellness. Because we both knew that was the first piece to go for so many women when you're have when you juggling all the other pieces. Totally. Yeah. And actually, you know, when we were chit-chatting before, before we started here, you were talking about how wellness means something different to you all the time. And I would love to hear more about that. I think so often we are um, we put ourselves on this pursuit of perfection when we think about wellness, that I have to do a really hard workout for an hour every day. I have to cook all of my meals um, on Sunday and have them all pre-planned and portioned out. But right now, I mean, you mentioned I have two daughters and I have a third on the way and I'm due, I'm due with my third daughter in four weeks. My other daughters are two and one and I started a company this year. And we're, you know, just we have a one, lot, just, so we just have, a few things. We have one space open and we're opening a second space in mid-September. And so to me right now, wellness means trying to get eight hours of sleep a night. It means doing prenatal yoga twice a week, taking a walk twice a week. And then it means taking an hour or two a day just to hang out with my daughters. Like that is a huge part of wellness to me right now. Six months from now, it's going to mean something completely different. Because yeah. when I'm, you know, six months before I was pregnant, it meant doing a HIIT workout three or four times a week. It meant cooking most of my meals because that's where I was then. And that mm-hmm. made me feel well. So much wellness is such an interesting concept. And I think, you know, it means our health. It means our mental and physical health. But it also means something different to every person at every stage of their life. This, the, the pursuit shouldn't be perfection. It should be to be well, whatever that means to you. 
Totally. I so love that. And it's so funny too, because when I reached out to you to talk to you, it was for lots of reasons, but it hadn't even occurred to me that you have like literally the exact same philosophy on (laughs) wellness that I have. I mean, in terms of, yeah, not being perfect all the time. And it's something that I think that high achieving women in particular, which is sort of the population that I work with, deal with, struggle with even more um, Mm -hmm. than the average population because they're used to doing it all perfectly. (laughs) And I always say, everyone's like, oh, I mean, do you think you can do it all? And I, my response to that is I think you can do everything that you make time for as long as you don't try to do anything perfectly. Like I've realized since I've like right now I call myself a 70 percenter. I'm like, if I can get to 70% great, I'll do it. And then like hope the other 30% comes together. That's so great. That's yeah. I always think about like the 90, 10 rule with it specifically as it applies to food, but I, yeah, it's like in some, in some cases that's going to be 80, 20 and sometimes it's going to be 60, 40, you know, (laughs) and that's, that's really great that you give yourself the grace and the flexibility um, to do that, depending on kind of what's going on in your life. I'm curious, you know, obviously wellness is a big piece of what's baked into your business. When you and Kim were first talking about the Riveter, um, or probably before it even had a name, why do you think the, the wellness and work is such a powerful combination? So it's interesting because I think a lot of people separate work and wellness, but we spend most of our days at our workplace. Mm-hmm. And that is where we need to really focus on our mental well-being and to the extent that we can, our physical well-being. We, need to, we thought it was really powerful because if you're working in an unhealthy environment, it permeates all places of your life. And we felt that work is a place where you should step away and take time for yourself during the day because we all spend too much time at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it goes to something that Kim and I often talked about is... Um, on an airplane. Um, if you're sitting next to somebody, you know, in the instructions before you take off, they say, put on your oxygen mask before you help someone else. Yeah. Women are really bad at doing that. Yes, and so indeed. what we're trying to do is by saying here at the Riveter, your oxygen mask is this beautiful meditation room where you can take five or 10 minutes and just take a breath. It's the yoga studio where if you have the time, you can go down for a 45 minute or hour long class. It's also sitting at your desk surrounded by natural light, and plants, and healthy food choices, and water. And those things all seem really simple, but they all add up to get you to a place where you feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I have to say, like, you've basically created the space where I want all of my clients to live all the time. I mean, you, well, you would welcome them here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're enabling, you're, you're, you're really enabling those choices and you're setting up a framework to make it um, not a struggle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not, depending on willpower all the time to make the quote unquote right choices, which, you know, it's a finite resource, right? It runs out. So when you have all that stuff available, you don't have to struggle with that. Mm -hmm. What, what changes have you seen in the lives and the businesses of the women in the Riveter community since they've joined? So it's been remarkable. We have some women who, you know, attend our movement classes three or four times a week. And they say, for them, for many of them, it had been a practice that they had fallen out of because they didn't create the time for it. But when it's right here, when all they have to do is walk down a set of stairs, it's that much easier to make it happen. And so they feel better. They feel more limber. They feel, they're able to move more. The Riveter is built for women, but we welcome men and all genders. And we have a male, female co-founder team. And they have started doing yoga together. And they have both told us how it's improved their business relationship. 
because they're doing something that's not just solely focused on the grind of a startup, which can be really hard to do on a daily basis. And they're stepping away from that and doing this other activity together that's made them find a different way to connect. And that's really awesome. I mean, that's that's a really amazing thing. Yeah. 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 And, and do you see, that's so interesting. I hadn't really thought about the relationship developing piece of it. Have you seen other ways that making those wellness choices has positively affected someone's business or their work? Yeah. I mean, we've heard from, you know, we have a woman who's building this amazing app and she was telling us that she feels a lot more productive because she knows she can go take a break or a nap in the meditation room. And so she has the space to do that here. So she doesn't come in here kind of frantic thinking, okay, I have to work for eight or nine hours. We actually, we all know we can't be productive 24 hours a day in the mental sense. We can't sit right. there and crank it out 24 hours a day. It's useless. Our efficiencies go down mm-hmm. when we get tired. So creating that space does make me more productive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you're creating this sandbox for that to like play out and for people to actually see that happen. Because I think people know that intellectually. Yeah. You know, but they're but they don't necessarily put it into practice because and they don't have an example of that. In fact, that makes me curious to know, you know, if you were um, talking to the HR manager at a big corporation or maybe some of the companies that you used to work for, what would you say to them as far as how to start building this stuff into that corporate environment, right? Because that's hard. I would say, you know, <laughs> creating space for your workers to be well is the smartest thing that you can do in terms of getting more productivity from your employees um, because they're getting sick less. They feel better mentally. They're uh, more efficient, right? If we're taking breaks for ourselves, and just encouraging a culture of wellness. And it's a team building exercise too, in a way, right? It can bring people together. And I think that's really important in corporate America. Yeah. Yeah. I love that team building aspect of it. It's sort of like what you were saying earlier about your, your management team sort of developing those relationships. It's, it's a sort of a side effect that hadn't even occurred to me. I and love something, that. Yeah. And we're, we're in an interesting space because we're so new and we can continually innovate is that we're figuring out other ways of bringing wellness into our spaces. Our second space is opening in Fremont in an area of Seattle on a lake called South Lake Union. And it's on a beautiful walking trail. And so one of the uh, wellness pieces that we'll offer in Fremont is a two or three times a week lunch walking club. That's great. That's a way to get outside, breathe some air and talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's so great. I will be down there for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely be down there. I coach powerful women on the rise every day. And one thing I see us all do is get in our own way sometimes especially when it comes to eating healthier, exercising more, getting more sleep, and kicking the habits that make us feel less than powerful. And here's the rub. We often know we're doing it. We might even know why. What we don't know is what to do about it and how to fit that what into our already overbooked lives. That's why I created my free get out of your own way guide and online workshop. Give me 20 minutes and I'll show you exactly how to stop sabotaging your goals to eat healthier, exercise more, get more sleep, and kick the habits that have gotten you out of shape and out of sorts. So you can wake up every day feeling on fire for your life and have the vibrant, healthy, and confident career and life you really want. To get your free copy, visit laradolch.com slash free dash guide. You know, I, I, I want to get a little bit um, personal now, if you don't mind, as far as kind of what 
personal st- or stories you have around health and wellness that that you've just noticed? Maybe they were things that you learned, you know, growing up. Like for example, you know, I um, learned at a very young age that uh, that activity, that physical activity, was just sort of part of life, and I went to a school that encouraged that. But I also learned that diets were a way to get healthy, which maybe wasn't as good. Um, but those kinds of stories, have you, do you have any stories like that that you think you learned that have affected how you approach wellness as an adult? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, so you mentioned that I was a Wall Street litigator. Um, yeah. As you might imagine, that can lead to a pretty unhealthy lifestyle. <laughs> I was working, you know, 90 hours a week. Then otherwise I was out with clients or out with friends. I was in my 20s living in Manhattan and I realized there was this huge piece of me that was missing. And it was the piece of my life that I had always used to deal with stress and challenges and being sad. I was an athlete all growing up. I played water polo and I swam um, competitively. And it was a way to manage so much else in your life, right? To have that outlet, that physical outlet, that time to think. Because mm-hmm. as a swimmer, it's really meditative, right? You're just in the pool with a black line and your yeah. thoughts. Um, and when I was started working so much on wall street, I missed that time. And I kind of think I forgot what it did for me and what it did for my physical and mental health. And when I turned 31, I left New York and moved back to the Midwest where I grew up, keep practicing law, but really to reorient my life so that I could have some focus on myself and my health. And from there, my life just I felt like it got immeasurably better and I was immeasurably happier because I made space for myself in that way again. And since then, I've been able to always hold on to it and adapt. What is wellness right now? How do I work it in? What's the best place for it? But know that it is just, it's paramount in my life. If I'm not well, my family's not well. Mm-hmm. Something I think a lot of women can struggle with. Yeah. Um, I definitely, there are times when I think I have friends who think I'm selfish because I take the time to go work out when I'm also a working mom, but you know what? It makes me happy. So, yeah, and it makes your kids happy, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Well, and I love this, this whole, I, I just want to keep coming back to this. What's wellness right now. I mean, you've said, I just, I just so love that. Like, that's like, that's such a great mantra. <laughs> if you want to think yeah. of it that way. Well, it's true. Cause it's like, you know, so I'm, I keep thinking about this cause I'm about to have a baby and in American society, if when you're about to have a baby, what does everyone talk about afterward? A woman's body bouncing back. And um, I treated my postpartum period very differently between my first and my second. On my first child, I was really concerned with bouncing back. And kind of I started exercising way too fast. Mm. Um, and it wasn't helpful. And it took me a long time to feel good again. And with my second, I was like, okay, I'm just going to rest. I'm going to go for walks with her. I'm going to just see, try to feel good and eat really nourishing foods. And I lost like all the pregnancy weight in eight weeks and I felt good and I was so much happier. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to realize slowing down can be wellness, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also that pressure that you put on yourself. I think, you know, when you were talking about your first pregnancy and that pressure that you put on yourself to get back in shape, I almost feel like that actually often prevents what you're after. I mean, I see it with my clients all day long. It's like the tighter they hold on to it the less quickly it happens in some way. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think that's such a great lesson for women in general, but you know, especially obviously those who have kids, but I think for everyone. And actually I'm curious about stories around success since that's what we're talking about is, you know, wellness and success and how they, you know, play off of each other. 
What about stories around success? I mean, obviously you worked on Wall Street, probably a different story there than you have now. Can you tell me about that and, and how that's changed? The definition of success has definitely changed for me a lot. I think when I lived in New York, it, success looked, had a very certain shape and it was um, making a lot of money and having a lot of things. Um, and, you know, kind of, you went, I went to the right schools, you're respected for that, all of that. Um, but as I've gotten older, success means just something completely different. It means that I'm happy. <laughs> and the reason that I left the law to build a company was that I realized I wanted to put something into society. I wanted to put some good out there. Mm-hmm. I spent a decade litigating and fighting other people's fights, which can be exhausting. It's a really, it's super interesting. It was really challenging, but sure. I needed to build something and put something good into society. And that to me is what success is now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and thinking about those two things, so thinking about how your, your perspective on wellness has changed, how your perspective on success has changed. Um, what daily habits do you have at the moment that you think most contribute to your success? And you've, you've mentioned a few of them, but I'm curious if you had to pick sort of the top two or three habits that you think most affect how you show up in your work, what those would be. The biggest habit that affects how I show up in my work is that I write down what my priorities are every day because my to-do list is never going to be complete. Yeah. So I have to make choices every day. And if I don't make choices every day, I kind of just spin and I'm doing things. Um, yeah. And so writing down my priorities and trying to tackle just those priorities for the day is, I think, the biggest piece to my success right now. How do you pick those? Like, and how many do you pick? Each day, I mean, it's uh, you know it's I some days um, like right now I'm picking fewer because I'm start, starting to slow down. I'm almost 37 mm-hmm. weeks pregnant, and I got I have to be realistic about what I can do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to you know right now I know that business wise there are three things that are really important to me, and so all the tasks I do are going to be related to those three things, and I have to say no to other things, and I feel like a jerk. Um, and I feel like I'm failing sometimes at the other stuff, but that's where I am. Yeah. So So you have sort of a North star, it sounds like as far as those three things, do you keep them like on a sticky note or like a reminder on your phone? Is there any, any sort of way that you keep those top of mind? (laughs) I'm old school. I have a spiral notebook. (laughs) I write things down and yeah. And I just, and I really like right now, I, I literally look at them when I, when I'm getting meeting requests and I, you know, all of these things. And I was like, no, you have to stick yeah. to, you know, fun, I'm fundraising right now. So that's a big part of what the Riveter is doing. We're opening a second space. So for me, filling that space is incredibly important. That would be the second priority work-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the third priority is helping my team. And so if my team needs me right now, that's critically important to me because we're still new and I need to hear everyone's voices as much as I can. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's the third priority. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. The prioritizing piece of it, I think is another real challenge. It's, you know, when, when people are talking about how they're so busy, it's like what you said, it's about, you know, the choices and, and, and yeah. you've obviously done a very good job of like getting crystal clear on like, okay, if what I'm, if I'm, what I'm being asked to do right now doesn't fit into one of these three categories or doesn't support one of these three things, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it feels, I mean, it's hard because like I can't say that to people when I'm turning down a meeting. Like, right. you don't fall into my You're not on my today. list right now. <laughs> so, so that's tough. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I came to that from, you know, toward the middle of the summer 
So I left lawyering in the middle of January this year, and it has been just a sprint, right? Like we opened our first space in May. And um, so it's been a sprint and I haven't had time to breathe. And as I was getting more and more pregnant, I I realized, okay, I have to do something. (laughs) Like I have to, (laughs) I have to create these boundaries for myself or I'll just push myself past the edge because I'm sure you've done it too, right? We all have. We all have. You know, you'll just, you want everything to happen all at once. And so- you'll make yourself do it. Yeah, totally. I mean, in fact, this morning I had like, I was feeling like super anxious for that very reason, because I was trying to fit it all into one space, you know, and how do you say no then? So since you can't obviously say to people, you're not on my priority list. I'm so bad at saying no, even though I'm sitting here like giving this grandiose speech about how great I am at prayer, but I get anxiety about saying no. And I'm just last night, for instance, I um, was invited to this really cool gathering of women and I really wanted to go. And it started at 8.30 p.m., which, like, let's be honest, I'm trying That's to That's late even when right you're now. not pregnant. I'm, I'm just going to no, say like, it right no, now. No, I, like, <laughs> generally am in bed around 8.30 um, or 9. But um, I said I would go. And I probably knew when I said yes that there was no way I could go. Yeah. Um, you know, and so at, at an hour before I texted that I couldn't come. That's a really bad example of saying no. <laughs> I mean, right, I, I, do, I do, you know, when I, right now, I'm just saying to people, you know, my schedule is so busy as we're finishing up the summer and opening up our second space. And I do want to get together with you or talk to you. Um, Sometimes I try to connect someone with someone else on my team or because Mm -hmm. usually I'm probably not the right person to be talking to because my team is full of all these amazing experts and incredible women. Or I say, you know, we'll get together in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like for you, the the no strategies are delegating is part of it or giving them another resource that can help them get what they need and or sort of postponing to a time that doesn't feel quite as crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. there is a time, I mean, because it's hard because when I say right now that my team is, you know, one of the three priorities they are and my members are such a huge priority, but right now at this point in time, that's largely delegated to my amazing team. And so, yeah. you know, it all comes together as part of the Riveter, but yeah. my team is incredible and so in touch with all of our members and what everyone needs, what they want from us, what we can do better. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious about, you talked earlier about being in New York and, and being in your previous career and sort of having a little bit of an epiphany around, around self-care. I'm curious if there was a specific turning point. Like, was there, is there a story that you can tell that was like a specific moment that really was the turning point in your self-care story where you're like, oh my gosh, I got to prioritize this again? I think it was just like a couple of years of being really exhausted and yeah. not feeling good, um, kind of piling up and looking at the, the future of what my life would look like if I had stayed on the same path. Mm. And it wasn't a life that looked very happy to me. Wow. Um, I think mean, it, it wasn't, I loved living in New York. This wasn't, you know, like a sad time in my life, but it was a time in my life where I was running way too hard on too many engines. And yeah. um, I knew that that wasn't sustainable. And I think that's a common experience with a lot of women, especially, you know, high performing career-oriented women, we, we give it our all in whatever, in whatever direction we're headed. Yeah. And I just think that's impossible to sustain. And yeah. so um, finding a way to create more balance became really necessary for me. Well, and it also sounds like taking that moment to sort of think, is this the path that I want to stay on? Like yeah. sort of pulling back and saying, if I stay here, am I going to end up where I want to be? Yep five years from now or whatever, which, you know, is something that a lot of us don't do when we're in the 
push, 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 you know, just make it all happen. Yeah. And I think I was really lucky that I had, um, so my family, I grew up in the Midwest and my family, they're not big New York fans. And, you know, they kind of ask, like, (laughs) is this where you want to create your life? You're you're turning 30. Is this where you want to be? You should think about it because where you are situated dictates so much of who you'll know, what you'll do, how much money you need to make, right? All of those, I mean, you, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. those are all the choices you, you have to think about. And so, yeah, it's hard because we make all these decisions when we're 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And I think we often think that they're permanent decisions. Yeah. Um, but you can, I truly believe you can um, start over, start a second or third act, change it up. You just have to commit to doing it. And if it's the healthiest thing to do, you should. Yeah. Yeah. And I think making those choices around self-care and wellness is part of what helps you do that. I often say to people that I really don't think that I would have been able to take the leap from corporate into entrepreneurship without first going on this kind of wellness journey that I had prior to that. You know, I just don't think I would have been in a in a mental and physical space to do it. And I wasn't like falling apart or anything, but yeah. you just don't even realize, you know. Yeah. And um it's, you know, entrepreneurship's not an easy, an easy path. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm curious. I, and, and thank you. I, given all of the priorities that you have right now, I'm, I'm so grateful that you th- took the time to, to talk to me. And I'm curious about, um, you know, obviously you're opening a new space, you know, can you tell a little bit, tell everyone a little bit more about what's next and what you're yeah. most excited about? Yeah. I mean, what I'm most excited about is that the community that I had hoped to build is happening. I mean, what we wanted was a space where women could come together and share resources, learn from each other, but also create friendships, take time for themselves. And it's happening. And it's, it's amazing to watch every day. And I can't wait to bring that space to more women as we grow. So we're opening our second location in Fremont in September. And then from there, we'll open a location on the east side in early 2018, east side of Seattle. Um, and then next we're headed to California, Texas, and Colorado. So it's a, yeah, it's, um, it's a big adventure. And so it's going to be a a crazy few years as we continue to just build this movement and bring the Riveter across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I just want to say to any listeners in those States, like keep an eye out because it is an amazing, these ladies just create beautiful spaces. And, um, I've been to a lot of, of workspaces over the years and nothing has felt as, uh, right as the Riveter. Thank you so much. We love having you here. So where can people learn about you and about the Riveter? So the best place to learn about us is to either visit us if you're in Seattle or to go to our website, which is www.theriveter.co. We have membership levels from a private office down to community memberships. If you don't need a workspace, but want to join us for yoga and our amazing events. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because actually I think it's important for, for women who are not entrepreneurs and don't, like you said, need a workspace to know that there's a place for them in this community as well. Um, it's, it's not just about that. It's, it's an amazing place with amazing women doing amazing things. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much, Amy. And thank you for, for all the work that you do to, to bring all of these, these ladies together. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon, Lara. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. Visit laradolch.com slash podcast for show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. You can download other episodes of this podcast and subscribe in the iTunes store. If you liked what you heard, I so appreciate your reviews and recommendations because they help me reach as many women on the rise as possible. 
This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Tune in every week for new interviews that give you the practical tools you need to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. The Riveter is a work and collaborative space built for change makers, but it's not just a desk. It's a transformative movement for all women and allies to succeed. The Riveter is a movement because it believes that everyone can have a seat at the table and access to opportunities. The organization knows that wellness and professional development can be incorporated into the daily lives of working women everywhere, and the space and events are developed to support that. It's a co-working space with purpose. The Riveter now has two locations in Seattle, and the momentum isn't stopping anytime soon. Next year, look out for a Riveter in Bellevue. Then the Riveter arrives in California and Texas. Stay up to date with them on Facebook and Instagram or at theriveter.co.